0: hello kevin awesome Mm -hmm. you guys are nerds damn right
1: oh kevin you're so witty i would stab someone in the face oh that's gross i'm cutting this by the way bad philosophy episode 142 recorded on september 2nd 2013 one two three philosophy Hello, everyone. Welcome and one to Bad Philosophy, episode 142. I am your host, Stephen Torrance, and I'm here with just my good friend, Kevin Saunders. It's just the two of us today. We just can the make it of us.
0: if we try. Just, just the two, the two uh- of us.
1: You saw that one coming right, of course we I mean, did we we did we didn't mean to, but <laughs> it happened <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if um, Stephen meant to do that
0: when he said it, but I went straight there
1: i was as soon as it was coming out of my mouth, I was thinking it yeah. so uh yeah, and if you're if you've been listening to us long enough, you also saw that coming. You should have a mile away, you really should have um welcome back we're uh we're just gonna talk a little bit about this thing that uh Peter Buffett wrote about about a month ago. no um, relation to Jimmy Buffett, no. It he is well no okay Not no Jimmy relation Buffett. to Warren Buffett no he's related to Warren Buffett he's he's Warren Buffett's son Warren Buffett being the um, publishing slash uh, other things magnate billionaire he is an eccentric billionaire millionaire um, unlike John Hodgman no John Hodgman's the eccentric millionaire yeah he's
0: only got a million dollars right. <laughs> It's a lot easier to get a million dollars nowadays. <laughs> it is. It's not easy to get a billion dollars. He, he
1: actually is a millionaire, so it's. I believe it's that. It's Funny that he. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, mean that
0: whatever. doesn't. Did you watch his Netflix special? No, was it was not it bad? very good? It was pretty bad. I was I was
1: disappointed. I've I've never read any of his books. I like his books. The books um, are good. The
0: books are fun. Okay. Um, they're 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 kind of light. Okay. Um, they're not. They they do make a complete trilogy like in and of
1: themselves like the three books it works. Okay. It, um, it's sort of an overarching something happens. Kind or? of. I mean they're they're not they're
0: not there's no story. Thematically they're, they're they're books of a, facts okay. that don't happen to be true. <laughs> um that yeah. Uh, that, that that's the whole point. That's it, the whole I, point I've, of the books. And I, and
1: I've heard him talk about his books uh-huh. long enough that I almost feel like I've read them but I you know, the, uh, looking forward to the 1,000 hobo names or whatever it is, or 900. 700. 700 hobo uh, At names. least in the, in
0: the original hardback. I think he added some later on. <laughs> the,
1: um, the bonus extended edition. Now, in the audio book, because <laughs> I, I got the audiobook. He plays, uh, Jonathan Colton plays... Um, Big Rock Candy Big Mountain. Rock Candy Mountain for like two hours or whatever yes, it is. Yes, as
0: John Hodgman reads <laughs> all reads, 700 hobo names.
1: Which, they, they had to have done it in one take. I, I think, think they did. They did, yeah. But <laughs> um. Which it, is weird. It gets weird. really zen after a while. Yeah, it yeah. does. I um, can almost use it to to fall asleep. In th- Anyways, we're not going to read seven hundred hobo names. We're not even going to read like seven. Or play Big Rock Candy Mountain. Um, we is Big are. Big Rock Candy
0: Mountain in the public domain.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if it is, there's a recording of it. I mean, then maybe, we should use it as our post show yeah, song. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Well, we read hobo names, <laughs> or something. Or something. Maybe we could we could read we could read. Well, and, and I guess it's appropriate enough we if we're talking about hobos, names. poor people. Yeah, we could read 700 philosopher names. That's a lot of philosophers. That's philosopher a lot names. of philosophers. Have you
0: seen the... Um, um, I, know, I know we're going off track still, but have you seen <laughs> the... uh philosophy. Um, the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator? Is it Cumberbatch or Cumberbatch?
1: I don't know. Let's see. I have there's, no there's idea there's how to say it. There's a YouTube it. video for this. Yeah. Um, but what, what do you end up getting?
0: All sorts of cool names that could just as easily be Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Or Cumberbatch. Or Kamber
1: So there's a nine second YouTube video. Is it? Is it pronunciation manual? Be- because
0: yeah, <laughs> Pr- pronunciation <laughs> manual isn't an actual pronunciation manual. It's not. <laughs> It's not a, no, no, <laughs> it's not, that's not Benedict a er, Pronunciation manual is great. Like okay. if you ever want to just like spend a lot of time watching very short videos that make you laugh, <laughs> watch pronunciation manual.
1: Okay. Um, sort of like drunk history. That's another, it's, it's not
0: even, it's just like, I mean, pull it up, you know, give us, give us a word. What is this? Pronunciation manual.
1: Pronunciation manual. There are so
0: many of them and it's. Okay. Like
1: if you watch thirty of them in a row, you
0: you just get it. I you think get it's there.
1: it's yeah, it's these guys. So okay, here's for January. How to pronounce
0: Wario. how to pronounce the word January?
1: Juan <laughs> Oh, why is it in HD? There's no reason <laughs> for this to be in. It is the in, word January in 1080p. On it's why do you even upload it in 1080p? Come on, come because on. Because you can. It's a. T- <laughs> and now we can't buffer it because it's in 1080p. Well, give us a different word. Oh, Juan, Mario. Juan Mario. Uh, this is for panties. Panties. Panties.
0: Which we're apparently pronouncing wrong.
1: Pant. Pant. Nope. Internet went down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no internet. No internet. Pull it up on my phone. Uh. Okay. Well. Anyways. Peter Buffett. We're getting back there. You're
0: the one. Sorry. I don't Peter, know what really about that r- rhythm, which makes me say, Peter, Peter Buffett, Buffett, you're, you're the one.
1: one. You'll get more of that in the post-show if you stick around to the end. <laughs> <laughs> little little <laughs> teaser, <laughs> teaser for you there. <laughs> oh, we Uh welcome. Uh, anyways, Peter Buffett, a little while ago, July 26th this year, wrote an article for the New York Times, for the opinion pages of the New York Times specifically, on... Um, the charitable industrial complex. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, Peter Buffett, um being Peter Buffett, son of Warren Buffett and all that, um was privy to some pretty high-level discussions among nonprofits, NGOs, multinational organizations and rich people. Um all of whom have a lot of money and you know, debate each other on how to spend that. Um uh, And he has a bit of a problem with what he calls Philanthropic Colonialism. Uh, To quote him in the article, I noticed that a donor had the urge to, quote, save the day in some fashion. People, including me, who had very little knowledge of a particular place would think that they could solve a local problem, whether it involved farming methods, educational practices, job training, or business development. Over and over, I would hear people discuss transplanting what worked in one setting directly into another with little regard for culture, geography, or societal norms. Oh, societal uh you don't like that word I we've had the societal social debate before haven't we probably
0: but i don't remember it
1: what's the difference between societal and social i don't know if you said social norms and societal norms
0: is this a used utilize sort of a situation possibly GIF, gif. feels fancier yeah yeah i knew someone who would actually like cut points people use to utilize unnecessarily in papers we should ask
1: grammar girl I wonder if Grammar Girl has ever had that. She's been around a really long time. She's
0: been doing stuff for a long time. She's been podcasting longer than we have. Really long time. She's one of them early ones.
1: Um, So his beef is like you can sometimes get unintended consequences from this sort of activity. Mm -hmm. You you go in with the best of intentions, right? I'm going to fix all your problems. And you end up just creating different ones. Mm -hmm. Or you end up um, with an oppressive structure that bears a little resemblance to the colonial mm-hmm. structures that have existed and that we supposedly have dismantled. Yeah. I think
0: <laughs> I think though he doesn't like I mean it's, it's an interesting argument. I don't think he backs it up well with anything like examples. Yeah so or, it's a short article. Or, I mean he, you he, know. he
1: and he touches on a few different things just to to continue the introduction. Yeah. Like he he just sort of in passing um, rags on people talking about the ROI of uh, investment um, about nonprofits being sort of like a, a conscious conscience laundering that happens among uh, the very rich. You know, they're able to sort of distribute their money to all these organizations and, and distribute that social responsibility for, you know, giving back after they've taken so much (laughs) after they've concentrated so much wealth in them redistributing it somehow is just as easy as giving to a bunch of nonprofits, right? Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. Give your money to charity. Um, so I guess in a broader sense, we, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that, but also maybe because Kevin likes to do this, go meta about Peter Buffett and the follow up and. <laughs> um,
0: well, it's, it's it's one of those things that I have I have trouble getting my head
1: around his argument because he's so vague. Well, let's break it down. Um, I, I and, and maybe I'll play uh, Buffett's advocate here. Premise A: There's some. Um, inherent good in helping people in need. Like that's maybe one assumption that goes behind it. Sure. So, you know, there's some social obligation Mm -hmm. to, if you have have the means, if you have the resources, or if you have access to them to distribute them, whether it's knowledge or money or whatever, to people who don't, because of no fault of their own, just Mm -hmm. simply don't have access to those resources in order to generally improve their quality of life. That there's some sort of obligation there the second premise is that the best way to go about that is to form a large organization take the methods that work in a developed society and then apply them to that underdeveloped society to therefore make it developed Mm -hmm. with a capital d and his his he argues against that second premise that by doing Mm -hmm. so there are negative consequences um, not not intended by the people who go in so therefore that method that has been considered the best should change in some way and he doesn't give any recommendations it, in the article he
0: says we need to break it down and yeah. make something new but we don't know what that is right um,
1: so what what's, what would be your immediate response to i mean my immediate this response this thing is, has unintended con- unintended yes. consequences therefore we should change it
0: i i probably agree with that okay but that's like, it, it's, such a, it's such a non-statement at that point. Um, <laughs> it's like, sometimes bad things happen, and I wish that wasn't the case. Mm. Are you going to disagree with me on that? Probably
1: not. So maybe he's, he's trying to, in a broader sense, draw attention to the, the fact that an industry is working on too much of a simplistic model. Um, that there are, that it's doing harm where it should be doing good. And you know maybe
0: I got I'd, I'd like him, I'd like to him to point to some examples of this happening. Well, that are actually happening. Like he can, like he you can tell he doesn't want to upset all the rich people he knows. Yes, <laughs> and and he by and not he's, pointing fingers,
1: <laughs> and yet he says when he and only when he criticizes micro lending and financial mm-hmm. literacy. Now I'm going to upset people who are wonderful folks and a few dear friends. Yeah. But what is micro-lending and financial literacy really about? People will certainly learn how to integrate into our system of debt and repayment with interest. People will rise above making $2 a day to enter our world of goods and services so they can buy more. But doesn't all this just feed the beast? Which is the closest
0: thing he gets to making an actual example and a point. And it's the closest I get to agreeing with him. Okay. Um, And he says,
1: I'm not really calling for an end to capitalism. I'm calling for... (laughs) Of
0: course he's not. (laughs) I'm calling for humanism. Which One might argue that it, in its current state, those are not compatible. I'm not. I don't know. That I, I'm going to argue that, but yeah. I think that argument can be made. Uh, but no, I, I think, and I'd like to explore some of those sort of examples that he talks about, like micro lending. Okay. is an interesting idea. Like I what, first heard of it. What's,
1: what's the basic idea? Uh,
0: micro lending is, um, it's charity ish. Um, but it's
1: charity light.
0: Well, it, yeah. light may not be something right no, word. No, it's, it's charity. Because charity. It's like I'm going to take a hundred dollars and give it to a poor person in a faraway country to buy a cow. Yeah. With that cow, he can now um, <laughs> make milk and sell that milk, and he can cow make now, more cows. Cow? Yeah. And he can build a business, and so eventually he's going to give me that hundred dollars back plus a little bonus because you know I'm an investor. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not, sure what that, I'm not sure what that voice was. Um, it's the
1: Barney Rubble a little invest, bit. The investor stereotype. Um, I'm, a little, I'm an investor. I'm an investor. Um, <laughs> How about a series B? <laughs> and,
0: and I get that being a criticism uh, of you're just teaching people to, to go into debt to solve their problems, which is not a problem that we want to solve. Uh, or not, not necessarily the way we want to solve it. And I I think I agree with that. Now if now there are different ways
1: of doing microtransactions,
0: and mm-hmm. this is something
1: that kind of gets ignored. What's the whole trampoline analogy, right? It's like you've got a you, you go in a little bit into debt uh-huh. so that you can be rocketed into a higher, you know, socioeconomic tier or something like Potentially. that. Potentially. And then you, you just keep jumping on stiffer and stiffer trampolines as you build up the ability to, or Maybe. something like that. Um but yeah, it's it's very much indoctrinating people into the cycle of debt and mm-hmm. repayment, which is capitalism. It's, it's yeah. just saying like, no, 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 capitalism is the best way we have to get you out of this. Yeah. So therefore we're gonna train you because it's the only tool we have, right. But um, on on the, the same token, like, yeah, it, you can you can give someone a cow, mm-hmm. but maybe not everyone in those situations wants to be a farmer. Um, maybe they would rather be a taxi driver. Does your charitable organization built completely around teaching everyone how to become uh, a milk producer allow for that I'd decision like to, be to be made? You know, what, what if someone says, thanks, but I don't really want to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Um, do you just go, oh, well, you're an ungrateful you know, under, Sometimes underdeveloped, I think that happens, yeah. and I think that maybe that's what he's arguing against. Right? Is it? Is it? Is it dehumanizes the people mm-hmm. you're trying to help by saying, "No, we know best." You yeah, don't, you don't know what you actually need. He makes. I, I think. It, I think it even goes
0: a different level than that. He makes a really telling example at the end of one of his arguments. I don't think it's this one. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: is it maybe the, uh, the, the, the Wi Fi?
0: Um, he talks about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, we can give
1: everyone free Wi Fi, but there's still starving kids in Africa, is what it boils down to. Oh, yeah. Here's the quote. Um, is progress really Wi-Fi on every street corner? No, it's when no thirteen-year-old girl on the planet gets sold for sex.
0: Yeah, so he goes to the yeah. sex
1: trafficking argument, yeah. and
0: nobody's gonna nobody's gonna argue against that we need to stop sex trafficking because it's terrible and we need to stop it. It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> no nobody, but nobody,
1: nobody's gonna say
0: otherwise.
1: But also, there's a hell of an improvement that can happen when you know everyone has cell phones and is yeah. able it, to communicate. It, in it these goes to
0: and, the thing. Um, I read something really interesting recently, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where it was. Oh, um, oh no, no, it was on Wes Molbash's blog for his comic. What a word. Molbash. Molbash is his last name. There's
1: a comic called Insert Image, or IMG. Okay. Um, what Do you remember any other keywords from it? or
0: uh, I don't, It wasn't actually in the comic. It was on a blog. But the, okay. the, the line, which he got from somewhere else, mm-hmm. was, First world problems are still problems. Okay. Um, and it's, it's something that can be dangerous. So, for example, I don't know if you remember um, when Richard Dawkins got into a, a lot of trouble with the feminists. Uh, b- um, you know, this was me. a while ago. Um, there was a skeptics conference. There's, there's someone who goes by the name Skepchick. Okay. Um, and she posted on her blog, this was, this was a few years ago now, okay. um, about a really uncomfortable experience she had in an elevator where oh, a Richard fan Dawkins. of her, when well, Richard Dawkins isn't in the elevator at this point, he can't, oh, he comes okay. in later. Okay, okay. Um, It starts off with her, and I'm I'm gonna ruin this story, so do your own research after I tell you about it. Yeah, um, dear listeners at home. Um, so she gets in an elevator, and is followed by a guy who propositions her. He's like, hey, you should come back to my room, and it makes her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she basically posts a thing on a, on her blog. She's like, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. You, know, you want to come back to my place, you know? Huh. And she posts this thing and says. That made me really uncomfortable. Guys, don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't do that, guys. That's not cool. Yeah. Um. That's kind of where it boiled down to. And of course the um the internet got involved at that point, and so people were were like, oh, you know, you're just being a bitch. You're, you know, he's just trying to be nice to you. It, you had to work up a lot of courage to do that, and it's like, well, you, but it made it's it's not a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um. And it became a very skeptics versus atheists ar- or not versus, versus feminists argument. Skeptics huh. and atheists versus feminists. And she's like, I am I am a skeptic, but she, I'm also a feminist, and and a lot of skeptics and atheists, capital S skeptics and capital A atheists. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm emphasizing, yeah. Um, went crazy on her, and then Richard Dawkins jumped in and was like, I don't see why we're complaining about this when there's still all these terrible things happening in the other world, you know. Oh, he- I don't I don't know. If he went quite as far as using, like, female general mutilation as as his argument. But it was something along those lines of oh. sort of this this real, this, you know, third world country sort of an issue. It was like, and, and he, was, he was basically saying, your problem doesn't matter because all these other things are way more important in the world of feminism. Hmm. And it's like, no, but it can be both.
1: Yeah. And so. Well, maybe he's arguing not for a binary like we should be arguing about the other things instead but like oh he was these arguing a, he says we should be focusing okay. on dawkins like well, focusing prioritizing something I,
0: dawkins made a fool of himself i'm yeah. gonna just say it. um yeah i i never liked dawkins mm-hmm. i think he's kind of a jerk um, and this cemented that
1: most, most, in my mind. Most capital A atheists are. I, mean, well, I think because they follow his example. Self-admittedly, I I was. I went through a Dawkins phase. Oh, and, I'm sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, you get to. It's better if you go the Hitchens route because then you're just you're kind of more British about it, and you just sort of. <laughs> um, it's more. It's more cynical and more more passive aggressive. But, but, but that
0: that all happened. And yeah. but it's it's that same argument of saying, well, because things are worse elsewhere, your problems don't matter. Yeah. And um, another recent example
1: that... um, Well, here's another one um, from from his article. Uh, Let's see. Or actually not from his article, but from a a follow-up. He he did a few interviews with various places to kind of expand on Mm -hmm. various parts of it. And um, uh, yeah. Oh, I lost it. I'll I'll give an example. Oh, it's basically like when, when you get diarrhea... There's no website you can go to. You know, there's no no social app that you can build is going to solve the problem of a kid getting, you know, perpetual diarrhea. Yes, and so and you, then, there's sort of like a baseline problem you have to get to health, clean water, you know, these basic work up Maslow's hierarchy, yeah, right? I understand Before that. You start giving people cows, give them anti antibiotics, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and those are important things. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I
0: think the the philanthropy can be a lot less colonial if we keep it within our
1: spheres of influence. So, meaning... meaning, Interesting that you use the spheres of influence phrasing, though, because we would consider the philanthropic sphere of influence the same way we would consider the spheres of influence of the classic empire, is you can go anywhere in the world now with an NGO. And yes, so our and sphere of influence is the entire world. Well, and, But right? I'm saying it
0: shouldn't necessarily be. Okay. I'm saying, you know, let the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation focus on education in America, which is mostly what they're doing. Mm. Um, that's one of their big things anyway. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I don't necessarily know where, what they're, where they stand on things, but I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. It's not... I'm going to go into another country and fix all their problems. Okay. Um and so there's there's a balance there. Um, but then what,
1: what what do we I guess what, what we're asking is like if if a if an organization has these massive resources, mm-hmm. why not tackle the biggest problem with those with, if you have the most resources? Because there's no such thing as the biggest problem or the biggest problems the bigger i mean one would argue that there's always a
0: judgment call that has to be made of x is more important than y
1: we already have clean water in america for Mm -hmm. the most part you know i can i can drink Mm -hmm. tap water pretty much anywhere in the country and be Mm -hmm. fine not true in most countries of of sub-saharan africa right Mm -hmm. like that's not true. i understand that um so why in, in a sense though wouldn't you admit that the problem there is more dire the need is more dire in that place, in that sphere, than here,
0: the need for clean water.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know that necessarily the need for clean water, but but there becomes when I go over and, and provide these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm and I'm, I feel like I'm sounding like that. Maybe
1: we're arguing for like. But I'm saying we or? should
0: be more conscious of coming into another place where we are not a part of that mm-hmm. culture. And fixing their problems, regardless of what those problems are.
1: So here's here's another approach, which and, is what I,
0: which when I hear the term philanthropic colonialism, that's what I hear. That's okay. not what I don't think what
1: Peter Buffett means, but that's what I hear. Let's just go over it one more time. What do you think his his difference is?
0: Um, well, in in he's using it as a as a term to and this is where I struggle with it. Cause it's not, cause I've, I hear that phrase and I go, Oh, of course that means X. And so I'm trying to struggle with it. Cause he's not using it the way I am.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm trying
0: to figure out the way he's using it. I feel like he's using it as, as the the, the phrase, um,
1: uh, conscience, conscience cleansing or yeah, whatever. Conscience laundering. Laundering.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and sort of, it's like, we're doing this because we feel bad because we have all this money, but it's not really doing anything. And I, do, and so his, his point is the poor stay poor, the rich stay rich through mm-hmm. this particular methodology. And I don't disagree with that. I don't necessarily know that it's colonialism. Hmm. It's capitalism. Yeah. Um, it's,
1: uh, yeah. It's wealth disparity and all these yeah, other things that and, go along with And than, no, yeah.
0: Warren Buffett's $2.6 billion that he donated. Yeah. I'm not going to see a dime of that. And no. the majority of the country isn't going to see a dime of that. And even if we split it evenly across all the people, they'd be like 30 bucks.
1: Well, and it becomes hard um, to say, like, who really is getting that. A- it a is. Lot of A lot of nonprofits have an efficiency factor of, you know, less than 10%. It's like, or, or you know, the ones that are... The good ones don't. The good but, ones don't. But, you know, there's a lot of overhead still. Yeah. You know, you're... you're, you're Chopping off a bit for the mm-hmm. running of the organization mm-hmm. and how much you chop off of that can actually make you a pretty profitable nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, or well, not profitable, but a pretty well off nonprofit. You, if you
0: work for that nonprofit, you can have a decent salary yeah. and uh, go home to the end of the day and, you do and all be right. all right.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is where it kind of gets into a, a question of maybe how nonprofits should be run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, an excellent This American Life episode recently, which I would recommend to everyone, that's completely about this topic on a An organization that is taking a different approach Mm -hmm. of basically just giving away money just going into Mm -hmm. some random village in nigeria and just going hey everybody um if you want a thousand dollars or the equivalent of a thousand dollars there sign your name here and via cell phone which is how everybody transmits money to each other Mm -hmm. we're gonna send you a thousand dollars to do whatever you want with Mm -hmm. and it's it's a novel approach because it's like, well, they're not tracking it really. Mm-hmm. They're not saying, they're not giving stipulations that you yeah. can only spend it on this X, Y, and Z, or you have to pay it back. Or what if they spend things. it on drugs and what guns and money? Which is, uh, can we just sidetrack a little bit on that? Like, I hate when people still bring that back up. It's of like, course. Well, you can't just give money to poor people. They're so stupid. They're just going to kill themselves with if it. If I give $20 you know? to
0: that bum on the side of the road, he's going to buy $20 worth of cheap hooch.
1: Right. It's like, what?
0: Hey, it's my twenty dollars to do with as I choose, and when I give it to him, it's his twenty dollars to do with what he chooses.
1: Totally. Like, do you have some moral obligation not to give money to people if they're possibly going to spend it on bad things? Well, nobody should give anybody money then, because which is a potential all, argument. Yeah, but well, like, I mean, it's,
0: that's there are those who go to that point. And they say, "Okay, we're not giving anybody any money." I'm like, yeah.
1: "Well, uh. I think I think people spend money on stupid stuff every day. It's, yes, it's part of you know freedom to, yeah. to be able and to. And I have don't know, that.
0: maybe. Because I've, I've not interacted with any homeless people in Austin, I'll be mm-hmm. honest. There's lots of them here. Yeah, um, but you know, I've seen them sitting out on the street corners in the middle of you know August. Maybe twenty bucks a cheap hooch is what they really need right now. Yeah, true. Who's who's to say? I'm right? not. I'm yeah. going to let them make that decision. I don't know how they got to where they are.
1: Yeah, and that's where you. That's yeah. Maybe where the the paternalism comes in again. Yes. the colonialism. Paternalism, is to say, I think, is better than colonialism. Maybe it is. That's that. a, yeah. I, philanthropic paternalism. paternalism that's yeah. a better term. It also it's you got the alliteration thing going on, kind of, kind, no, kind yeah. of, yeah. I mean, philanthropic you, paternal, a, a P, yeah. paternalism. Yeah. No, philanthropic fraternalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going on at UT. Um, <laughs> anyways, um,
0: <laughs> we're just gonna let that one go. We're just let let it go. Let
1: that one. It's, it's going <sighs> away now. Um, um, so, anyways, the, yeah, that like, so so they're trying to do with data to actually find out, hey, do they actually just spend it on hooch and drugs or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually, they spend it on metal roofs for their house that doesn't have a metal roof. Or one guy put a down payment on a, uh, on a little scooter so that he could start his own uh, taxi business. Um, you know, these things that, that a philanthropist coming in might not have ever anticipated yeah. because they didn't have a, an intimate knowledge of what these people actually sure. need. So it's, that, it's starting from that assumption of people know what they need, mm-hmm. let's give them the means to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, money is just means. It's a it's a form of power, right? Of of some kind. And so what you're just saying is I'm going to empower you at the lowest level possible. And you know what the overhead for this program is? It's almost nothing. nothing. I mean you (laughs) gotta have the money
0: to to give you
1: gotta have a way to give them the money. So you need a slight infrastructure to do that. Yeah, and and maybe, you know, a sign up list in the village or something. But there's no there's no hotels, there's no cars you have to hire, there's no, like, there's all this infrastructure that goes into these huge effort, philanthropic uh-huh. efforts, Oh right? yeah. And there's just, there's none of well, that. Well, and then you there's, you know, on,
0: on the bigger ones there's, you know, those thousand dollar plate charity dinners and things like that, oh, where it's like, you're, it's like, yeah, that money's going to charity, but you also have dep- to rent this hall and put money into there like how much of that thousand is actually going to help people versus yeah. the food and the staff and all that sort of stuff you've hired mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and, it, and it's, it allows you to, to just very efficiently redistribute means mm-hmm. among the world and I think that it, it, and it goes completely in the face of, of a lot of organizations that are well established that are sure, all about you sure. know, educational structures and all these other things and, and I'm not saying that it, it is the be all end all solution but maybe for just baseline giving back for some back, things Let's. I mean, it's a catalyst. You're basically yeah. saying we want these people know what kind of change they want to see happen mm-hmm. by infusing that capital in and just saying make it happen. You're just speeding yeah. up the improvement process that's already going on. Yes. And you know, because <laughs> hey, how did we get to where we are? Over a long period of time, and then slightly faster once we got more money. Who's to say that can't happen anywhere in the world? Mm-hmm. And when people argue against it, they're always to me. There always seems to be that implicit, well, they don't really know how to do it right unless we tell them. <laughs> Which is colonialism. <laughs> Which is colonialism. So I think at the baseline, I do agree with, with Peter Buffett on that. I think, I think th- when you talk about humanism, when you talk about empowerment, that's mm-hmm. really what you're getting at is just not assuming that you are, because you're in a privileged position of resources, mm-hmm. that you're also in a privileged position of intelligence.
0: Yes. And, I, think, and I, I can agree with that. Again, I think I agree with him on a lot of things. I think he doesn't do a good job explaining it. I think he makes some bad analogies right.
1: and on his way to a good point. Um, so I, you know, what, what can, um, what, how could he have maybe presented it better? Cause it, so let's talk about the meta thing, right? Okay, Peter, Peter Buffett is uh-huh. the son of Warren Buffett. He's, uh-huh. He has had access to these extremely powerful places. So in the same sense that you ragged on active killing for not doing what it could have done <laughs> in its position. I did. Did, did I Peter Buffett that. not go far enough? In, in being able to put an opinion column in the New York Times, you know, and this is all he said. Maybe. Um, I, I see,
0: again, we've, we've kind of had to suss out what he means, as, as other people have been trying to do as well, mm-hmm. um, through these repeated, like, follow-up interviews and articles and right. things like that. Um, and I, I think I think that line about, you know, this is going to upset some people is really telling because I think he didn't want to upset a lot of people because he lives in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had to sort of hold back, or he felt he had to hold back, and I think he I think he could have named names. I think he could have from his position of power been more honest than he was, mm-hmm. and as we 've seen, people in that position of power are usually not very forthcoming and I can kind of understand that i can 't true relate because I 've never been in that position of power, but you know they're not often going you know here 's how everything breaks down inside my organization. Um, one of the commentary articles I read um, mentioned things like um, you know, these companies, like Apple and others, recently that have have been trying to avoid paying taxes on their CEOs' benefits and things like that. Because, yeah. well, why wouldn't you do that if you could? Um, and it's like, well, on, on a certain stance, yes, but on the other hand, is that is that still like we're, they're not they didn't they didn't come out and say we're doing that they did that came out when somebody told them about it. You know, and so the so people aren't being forthcoming. Generally speaking, yeah. Um, and so I think he kind of fell into that same trap of not of trying to make a point, but talking in generalities and vagities.
1: And, and even vagities. In, even in some of the follow ups, he's like he doesn't really he talks about sort of the difference between we were talking about. There's a stop the bleeding level of things, mm-hmm. which is the Bill Gates response. It's like you got to stop the bleeding first before you start. You know, going on an exercise program, mm-hmm. um, and that's he sort of sees it as two approaches, but. You know, it then gets vague again. He's like, "Let's rebuild the system based on humanism. We need idealists, people who envision a different world." Well, it's like the people in these philosophical organizations do envision a different world. They envision the developing world become developed, just like theirs, when they have a which is very colonial in its it. linearity. True, it assumes that they're man. Even the let's talk about that for a moment. Like the the underdeveloped, developing, developed... So, oh yeah, no, that's that's a whole other. Like, topic. and we've hit on that before. and That's, that's have, imposing
0: yeah. a linear narrative on the structure of society. I think that you is the assumption. go an from A to assumption. B to
1: C. Progress, right? Yeah. We see these. Oh, we see it as, as these countries or regions are behind uh-huh. us. Like we've gone farther along mm-hmm. that line. They're not. They're not where we are yet. And so, but they could
0: be there eventually.
1: Right. But what if what if success to them looks a lot different mm-hmm. than, than success for us? And that, yeah, that's and, not and a question I think it's important to
0: remember. For what it's worth, you know, I was, I was listening to uh, Snap Judgment, which is another new podcast. If you haven't jumped into, uh, give it a try sometime. Hmm. It's This American Life with a Beat. Ooh, okay. Um,
1: like, oh, snap. Is a little bit. A little bit. Snap a little snap bit. Judgment? Um, okay. It's a good show. But
0: uh, they were talking about uh, an un- un- uncontacted tribe um, hmm. of indigenous people they found in Brazil. Okay. Um, or we're trying to find evidence of. You don't want to contact an uncontacted tribe because yeah. that's bad. Stuff happens. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> You know, there, there was one found in maybe it was in Brazil um, that the an airplane flew over and took pictures of them and were like, "Ah, oh, it's the first time we've seen these. Like they've never been known before." Yeah, that's really cool. And the thing that's important to remember is we we often jump to calling these people primitive and unadvanced or right. underdeveloped. But I'm I want to say these are people who are surviving in the world in 2013 exactly like they are right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're at the same
1: year we're at. Yes, <laughs>
0: and 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 maybe, they're doing
1: just fine. And maybe they don't have iPhones, but hey, they're living and reproducing and keeping their you know yeah, it's like keeping their culture alive and, yeah. and all these things. And yeah, it's they they are not they're not behind us. They are coexisting with us right now. Yeah, and they figured out a way to do that. Uh huh. And and there's the wrong way to go about it is to say that there's there's something primally good about that, yes. and then that there's. I'm some not, I'm not lost... saying that either. I'm yeah. not. I'm
0: not. I'm not trying to go noble savage on this. But right, I'm the saying savage thing. they exist at the same time that we do, and we mm. we don't think about that. And it's not that they're better than us or worse than us. It's not necessarily that they're they're, they're different. So they could have... that
1: could that not be an argument just for for laissez faire a, a laissez faire approach to it in, in, at all? Is is to say do we even need philanthropy? Like potentially should, should there even be? going into these countries and changing things or should it be sort of like a i I almost look at it like a natural um you know social darwinism type thing well they just didn't make it and we did and i think that can can happen as well
0: i think if somebody asks for it you know let's say the 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 government of pick a a country that Mm -hmm. has problems with malaria something that we have cured here in the u.s and they say hey we could really use some help with malaria, because we got a lot of it. Yeah. With malaria.
1: Not just we could really use your help, but that's that rarely happens too. It's it's like And um, there's a lot
0: going on there. But I don't think that we should be going places where we're not wanted or mm-hmm. doing things that are not asked for.
1: Right. Um, that's the real worry is is that the colonialism is the imposition of an idea, whatever mm-hmm. it is, through through force. Or through in, in in, power. And power. I mean, and being able to go in and hire vehicles and come in with helicopters and all this is a mm-hmm. form of power. Oh, sure. You know, money. that even these NGOs have. You said earlier,
0: money is power.
1: Money is that's... power. So it's, yeah, and maybe seeing it that way is the important part. Mm-hmm. And, and because there is this idea that, and it's, and it's just insidious that we, oh, these poor people, we have to help them because we're in such a privileged position. Mm-hmm. But, and but that can easily turn sour yeah, if you don't white guilt or rich guilt, or, right? Yeah, um, and, and to a lesser extent, you know, we we can see that, like you just said, with the bum on the street type of mm-hmm. thing. We can see that in our local communities too. Mm-hmm. We can want to try to help too much when respecting human dignity really is going. Hey, I don't know a lot about you, but I can see that that you know you're out in the heat or something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you you lack certain things that you might want. Or just go up to him and ask him, "Hey, what do you desire the most?" Yeah. You know, and that's really the question. And you can ask that of anybody. Sure. And it doesn't just have to be a poor person. But if no. you want to start there, start from a question rather than a statement mm-hmm. maybe, or an assumption. Yeah, the assumption that I know what's best for you. Right. Um, and maybe that is the anti-colonialist position: is to yeah. just to just ask. Kind of goes <laughs> to the
0: question we had, or the the conversation we had earlier today yeah, at breakfast. True. Rather ask a question than make an assumption.
1: Right. Which. Um, Man, I mean, it do- dovetails with fallibilism, which we talked about a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, yeah. and um, the scientific method and everything. And sort of start from a hypothesis and then test it. You know, yeah. <laughs> my hypothesis, dear homeless person, is that you will spend this $20 on alcohol. Here's $20. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you spend it on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe don't tell him that that's their, <laughs> you know, that that's your hypothesis. Well, now I'm going to
0: spend it on alcohol <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're annoying. <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to remember this conversation.
1: <laughs> Oh wow! Um, well, I don't know. Have we come to a conclusion then? Maybe I hope not. That sucks. <laughs> Crap. Um, we agree too much. Uh, I yeah. I don't know. And so maybe we we kind of got off the track of talking about any obligation maybe that Peter Buffett has uh-huh. in this situation.
0: I don't, I don't know that he has an obligation. Maybe he doesn't.
1: But you know, you think it's good enough that at least, hey, we're having this conversation. Sure. Um, this American Life is having it. Mm-hmm. Th- that episode came out shortly after. I think it was being developed at the same time. That's quite possible, They did probably yeah. didn't know that each other no. were doing that. But um, I doubt Peter Buffett listens to This American Life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he, cut he cut used to mid-range. be a songwriter, right? Um, he said he was going to write a song, but then he realized an op-ed has... Oh, I didn't see that. That's, yeah. He says, so it was prompted by the last seven years of observation, um, came about many years ago when I was talking about in talking to NGOs about their experience and found that when I said that phrase, many people lit up and agreed. I wrote a song about it. I wrote a song about a month ago about this and realized that the song wasn't enough, but I had no idea it would have gotten this kind of reaction. I've been writing songs all my life and hit and ended up, um, the hit ended up being this op-ed.
0: I, I, I don't i don't
1: know how to take that apart i don't right either I, like, um, I
0: don't. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on with that particular phrase uh, yeah, or that, that 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 particular paragraph block. yeah
1: um so so there there was agreement that there's a problem, but why weren't these people in these n g o s talking about it as yeah did they not have the so maybe his his feeling was out of guilt of like oh I need to talk about the plight of these Oh, I, I'm thing. sure that came from somewhere. Yeah, mm. interesting. He was, uh, he was doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of philanthropic. Oh no, I mean, I think there's there's shades of it there. in this particular article saying you know we need
0: you know where everyone who's doing this is doing it wrong. Mm. Um, there's and they need to do it my way, which he doesn't say what his way is, but there's, or they there's, just need to do it differently. Yeah, there's shades of that. I don't know if that's intentional in his part; probably isn't. But mm. interesting. There's there's something there. Can we talk about this county <laughs> which county it's the one with San Angelo in it um, that has this little string going all the way off to the west uh, um, there's it number two on it right now sorry there's a map in the oh, place where we're recording
1: oh oh yeah this guy
0: this like what's what's it's a, it, it's a like panhandle on this county
1: yeah um, yeah, it's uh, it's strange. It's a very strangely shaped Texas county. Um, you can look it up yourself to find out whatever county
0: San Angelo is. is. Is the county name on there? Uh, Tom Green County. Yes, Tom Green County. Look it up.
1: It's weird. Look it up. It's Strangely shaped. Sorry, I just got distracted by maps. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, well, maybe to this. This also dovetails a little bit with um. I don't know if this is a, a rabbit trail we want to go down now, but um. I go to the Austin on Rails meetings Mm -hmm. uh, every month. Uh, This software development group in Austin meets to talk about stuff that's going on, have a guest speaker, and then um, talk about what's going on in the space of this programming language. Mm -hmm. But this, most recently, uh, this past Tuesday, they had a panel of women developers who had recently graduated from Maker Square, which is a, a company that, that is basically being an intensive uh, training school for web developers. Hmm. You go through a 10-week program that's $9,000 if you're a male and $8,000 if you're female, hmm. and whatever you are going in, you come out a web developer, and there are companies waiting with open arms at the end of the tunnel to hire you into their startups or established companies. So these, this panel was six or seven uh, women who'd recently graduated from, mm-hmm. through this program, which was very intentionally um, split 50-50, male-female. There were 30-something students that went uh-huh. in, and it was 50% male and female. And it was t- kind of talking about the the gender disparity. Sure. In, um,
0: in the world of
1: developing. In this world yeah. of, In IT, it's 30% women, but most That's of higher that, than I would have expected. Most of those are marketing and advertising. Yeah. And in software development, it's more like 2 or 3%. Yeah, I, would, I mean, it's I'm incredibly not surprised at all small. all by that number. Um, it's overwhelmingly white male yeah. in, in software development, period. And, and young. And young. Yeah, young white males. So... It was very interesting to see them talk about this. And a lot of it was, um, a lot of their recommendations were, hey, this is a good start, but we need to stay here. You need to hire more. And there need to be (laughs) examples and mentors in the community to bring in the next generation and keep the process going. Um, But at the same time... There needs to be sort of this uh, activism to go out into other communities that may not feel welcome in Mm -hmm. the software development spaces, you know, to come where the white male, young white males meet and (laughs) all this and, and go, hey, there's resources on the internet that don't care whether you're black or Hispanic or female or male. You can read them and become and do the same things that we sure. do, and just go in and kind of tell people about this. But at the same time, there's a fine wine, a uh, fine wine, a fine line to walk, a yes. fine wine to lock. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, you don't want there. someone to get it. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a fine wine to lock up, and it, <laughs> so that you don't, your mind doesn't go to the wrong place. Because um, that homeless guy, he could just come and steal your wine. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, he's probably not going to. Right. But when you say that, anyways, Um, there's a a fine line to walk between um, wanting to open up the doors and acting like the savior for these communities. Sure. You don't want to say, you know, software development can be the saving grace of the Hispanic community. And you want to go in and say, hey, you know, just come with us and everything will be better. Come with me if you want to (laughs) leave. Yeah, if you want to wired or fired. Um, It's... I don't know what that means. It's from uh, Aura of Familiarity. There's a there's a f- uh, fictional short story where everyone gets these like implants that um, they're free, but you see advertisements on like everything, hmm. um, or they're literally in your thoughts and it changes your perceptions of things. Hmm. So you know this like water becomes it's able to like uh, interface with your um, not your hypothalamus but your pituitary gland and like excrete pleasure if it's the right brand or something and so you can like get brand addiction to these things anyways but part of it is you're able to interact with systems and learn things like the matrix and the phrases wired or fired Um, that sort of expectation that you reach a certain level of technological competence or Mm. you're you're not worth it to the job market yeah Um, I think there's that fear among among women among ethnic minorities that that that's the case is that these certain industries are closed off and there's the best money and the best mm-hmm. jobs are in this area that's inaccessible, um, which to one extent or another is true right yeah. now. Um, and so we're, I say we, but like, you know, the software development community in general is trying to open up those doors and it, it becomes a, it, there's always that question of, should we be going and doing because you Mm -hmm. you can almost overcompensate that's what the philanthropic organizations are doing is they're saying no no no. we assume that you want and need this so we're going in but from this from the austin on rails community it's they're maybe not even they're not even opening the doors Mm -hmm. or they don't even realize that there are people wanting to to go there that the questions are being asked yeah you know um so where is that balance, you know, between the guilt factor causing you to be overbearingly helpful and, yeah, you know, I don't know, leaving up enough choice to the, the group that wants to participate in a different. Let's just keep asking community. questions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Throughout that process. Let's just keep asking True. questions. Let's Are we check doing in. it right? How do we feel? You know, there's there's a phrase that applies here, although it wasn't built for here. But, you know, continuous enthusiastic consent is this something hmm. people regularly want to be a part of. Who the people you're helping, or is that something they right. they are clearly defining that this is something that is benefiting them? They want it to continue,
1: and if that's not happening, then stop. move on. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder if those sorts of surveys are happening. You know, if if the organization, mm-hmm. if the NGOs that go in, are they following up with a village a year later and going, "Hey, did we do? How did we do? Yeah, really, like you know, and have it be anonymous and all these things? Yeah, not. You know, <laughs> here's a prize if you participate in the survey. And so yeah. everyone sort of assumes, all oh, say good things about them and yeah. get more here's, money. Here's your prize for voting for
0: weakness.
1: Yeah. So it's tough. No answers. No solutions, only trade-offs. Well, cool. Well, thank you for, uh, for joining us, for listening. We really do encourage you to follow up in comments. <laughs> um, we recently passed our five-year anniversary, which there's a little bit of controversy about it. I, I posted our, our anniversary as being on um, on August twenty August 20th, but we actually recorded that episode on August 18th, so I don't know whether to put our five-year anniversary on August 18th or August 20th. What do you think, Kevin? Uh,
0: it's a tough one. Because
1: we posted it on the 20th. We did. For all intents and purposes, that's when it... But it actually but my, started... But for me, it started... On the 18th. On the 18th. So, we. either way, we passed our anniversary yeah. week. Um, and a couple of y'all came out and commented on the page and were like, Hey, we love y'all. And we want to know who you are. Um, so, if you are listening to this on the train, or on the bus, or in your car, um, make a reminder, you know, Hey, Siri, remind me to comment on Bad Philosophy. <laughs> Uh, you can email us at uh, show at badphilosophy dot com or comment on the Facebook page or something. But um, we want to engage all in conversation and uh, and maybe if if we have enough interest in a particular topic, even have like a Q and A follow up episode or something. I don't know. Um, but some we want to hear from you. Uh, we know you're out there. We know you're listening. Say something. Hi. So, thank you for hey, listening, you. everybody. Um, I'm Stephen Torrance. You can find me online at twitter.com slash S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. Kevin? I'm at twitter.com slash Sund. K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D. Because K- it, it could it could be like S-A-H-N-D. It could be, but if I yeah. had to spell my name, I won't get it wrong. That's true. You could just, I mean, in Google
0: will correct you nowadays. Take the first syllable of each of my names. Hmm. First and last, and then put them together.
1: And then put them after Twitter. And then put them after Twitter. And then press enter. Put
0: a dot .com and a slash in there in the middle.
1: (laughs) If you feel like it. If you
0: just do Twitter Kevson (laughs) as a single word. You could Google that. You could Google that, and you'll probably find me.
1: You could pickle that, too.
0: I don't know what pickle is. (laughs) I don't
1: know. It's a Portlandia reference. Sorry. Anyways, um, we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy.
0: Uh, yeah, I've been practicing my Muppet voices recently just because I can. Um, mm. Kermit. Kermit is uh, is right about here. Yeah, Kermit the Frog. Um, it's kind of in the... Uh, it's not quite up in your nasal resonator yet, but it's getting closer.
1: It's getting a little bit closer, yeah. It's not easy it's not, being
0: green. Uh, hmm. Nasal Someday resonator. They will find it. The rainbow connection. I can do... I can do most of the Henson voices, mm-hmm. you know, his sort of staple, his his group of voices that he did, I can usually
1: get close to. Yeah. I don't have quite the timber that he does, but, um... Well, I think we should just do the entire show in Sesame Street voices. I mean, I'm gonna stick with Ernie in that case.
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I'll do Ralph the Dog.
0: <laughs> Hello every welcome and one to Bad Philosophy. You get the cadence well, that's good. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Can't
0: do Bert to save my life. No. I've tried Bert, um. and it just doesn't work. See. I can say, "Oh, hiya, Bert," like I'm Ernie. Yeah. Well, that's about it. <laughs> that's, about that. oh. that's as close as I get to doing a Bert.
1: <laughs> yeah. Doing a Bert. <laughs>
0: it's kind of like doing a pigeon.
1: Yeah. And now, an awkward reading of the list of female philosophers. Marilyn McCord Adams. Linda
0: Martin Alcoff. Alice Ambrose. Julia
1: Annas. Tulia de Aragona. Marilena Chaui. Diotima of Mantinea. G.E.M. Enscombe. Hannah
0: Arendt. Arite of Serene. it's Greek I'm gonna go with Arete of Serene Aristoclea Aspasia Mary Astell Babette Babish Annette Baer Simone de Beauvoir I know that one Mm. Helen Beebe Selah Benhabib Ben Zhao Janet Brockton Antoinette Brown Judith Butler she's a favorite Mary Witten Calkins Nancy Cartwright? Margaret Cavendish. On, Nancy Cartwright is not the same. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I, I, I feel like Nancy Cartwright is also the voice actor for Bart Simpson. Um, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that she'd one. She'd be really old. I don't think it's not, not the same Nancy Cartwright. Okay. Maybe, right. I'm, maybe I'm just totally off, <laughs> off my meds. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, Christine de Pizan. Andrea Christofidao. Patricia Churchland. Helene Sissou. Sisu. I actually Cisou? know that one. Sisu. H- Helene Sisu, Catherine Trotter-Cockburn. Lady Anne Finch Conway. Chris Cuomo. Peggy D'Artel. Mm, that's good. Emile du Chalet Duchalet. Raya Dunaevskaya. Dorothy Eddington. George Eliot, Elizabeth of Bohemia. Philippa Foot Carla Fair, Nancy Fraser, Marilyn Fry, Tamar Gindler, Margaret Gilbert, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, Catherine Gines, Emma Goldman, Marie de Gournay, Celia Green, Marjorie Green, Susan Hack, Sandra Harding, Sally Hoslinger, Virginia Held, Agnes Heller, Heloise, Mary Hesse, Pamela Hieronymy. No, okay. No. Heron- Heronyme. Pamela Hieronymy. Hildegard of Bingen. Hipparchia of Maronia.
1: Jennifer Hornsby. Rosalind Hersthaus. Hypatia of Alexandria. Luce Irigary. Janan Ishmael. Allison Jagger. Barbara Johnson.
0: Emily Elizabeth Constance Jones Patricia Kitcher Martha Klein Christine Korsgaard Julie Kristeva Suzanne Langer Thelma Z. Levine Michel Ledouf Leon Tian. Hilda Lindemann Helen Longino Rosa Luxemburg Catherine McCauley Penelope Maddie, Catherine Malibu Ruth Barkon Marcus Harriet Martinow, Damaris Cudworth Masham. Meckfield of Magdeburg, Magdeburg, Meckfield of Magdeburg, Mary Midgley. Melissa. Susan Mendes. Christia Mercer. Ruth Milliken. Iris Murdoch. Ioana Cusaradi. Nancy
1: Murphy. Judith Sargent Murray. Nell Noddings, Martha Nussbaum, Onara O'Neill, Janet Radcliffe Richards, Rosemary Radford Ruther, Avital Ronell,
0: Amelie Rorty, Renata Sales, Jennifer Saul, Anna Marie von Schurman, Lisa H. Schwartzman, Lady Mary Shepherd, Naomi Schemann, Sally Schultz, Sayana Schifrin, Lori Schrange, Alison Simmons. Sor Juana Gatiari I should know this one. This is the woman who translated of grammatology into English. Oh, wow. Um, she's also a philosopher. Um, Gattiari, Gayatri, Gayatri Chakravorty Chakra Chakra Spivak. Spivak. I know Spivak. That's yeah. what we call her. <laughs> we know her Spivak. Say it one more time. Um, Gayatri Chakravorty
1: Spivak. Anna-Louise Germain de Steele. L. Susan Strebbing. Edith Stein. Gabriel Souchon, Anita
0: Superson. Harriet Taylor-Mill. Teresa de Avila. Themistoclea, Judith Jarvis Thompson. Margaret Urban Walker. Georgia Warnk. Warnke. 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 Georgia Warnke. Baroness Mary Warnock. Simone Weil. Victoria Lady Welby. Mary Wollstonecraft. Francis Wright. Dorothy Maud Rinch. Alison Wiley. Linda Trinkaus Zagzebski. Alanka Zupanchik.
1: Zagzebski is female. Cool. We had her book oh. in...
0: Um, also, I got to throw in here because it's totally not in this list. Uh, oh, what, what was her name? Oh, I totally forgot it. Bell. Belle bell hooks what i don't know what bell hooks isn't doing on this list
1: you should it's wikipedia man well so it no I, don't, I don't
0: i don't i'm on phone version oh, well but freaking bell up. hooks is a female philosopher okay um, of color mm.
1: philosophycom philosophy. this
0: got really weird really quick